Welcome to Jews Taekwondo Podcast. Today we're going to recap Mr. Fagan's podcast, One Hit, where he interviews me as his guest. Okay, welcome to One Hit Podcast. Today's episode we're with Master Gordon Jew from the United States of America. Welcome, Master. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Mr. Fagan? I'm good, sir. I'm good. I'm just getting along with episode two and three here, so everything's going well. My end of the world, how's things in San Francisco? Uh, everything's going pretty good. You know, just the usual things. It's getting a little chilly out here, but um, right. Taekwondo's good. That's good, that's good. As, as you mentioned, Taekwondo, you are an eighth-degree master from the International Taekwondo Federation. Just yeah. give the listeners a wee background of yourself, how you got into Taekwondo, and how you got involved to the status you are today. Uh, again, thanks for um, letting me be on your podcast. I appreciate that. It's an honor. Anytime. I actually started martial art probably back in uh, around 1973. My dad did um, Kung Fu, and so he kind of showed me some things. We did a little training a little bit. Not not too much, not too serious, but a little introduction. And about that time, um, Bruce Lee was around as well. And um, so watching some of his movies was quite inspiring. I didn't actually, I actually got injured, uh, broke my leg, so I was out of the um, physical activity for about two years, so I wasn't able to do that, do any activity until much later. <clears throat> about 1978, I was in uh, Taiwan doing a Kung Fu class, uh, kind of a foreign exchange program. At that class, I met a lot of other Americans that did different martial arts. One was um, like karate and taekwondo, and just remembering this guy that did uh, taekwondo, and it was um, just amazing to see all these kicks going everywhere. <laughs> And I said, oh, I'm going to go back to America, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do Taekwondo. Um, but about that time, I was also training with someone that was doing um, Chinese martial art or Kung Fu uh, called White <clears throat> white Eyebrow. Yeah. Um, and that was a good experience, but it was really more impromptu. We kind of met in a park kind of thing. So when I got back to America, I did just look up Taekwondo and uh, decided to start with... Um, Grandmaster Sabri Saleh. Just open the phone book. If anyone remembers what a phone book is, actually. <laughs> it's all changed. Like iPads and iPhones nowadays. <laughs> yeah. So I just opened the phone book and uh, said, Taekwondo. I went to check it out. I said, hey, this seems okay. And he, obviously, um, Sab- Master Sabri, is, um, he was ITF. I, at the time, I didn't know much about ITF or WTF or any of that stuff. I just thought, ah, I'll just do this. That's when I started, about 1978, in uh, uh, Taekwondo, and haven't stopped since then. Very good. Very good. And, and I did mention the start, you're now an eighth-degree master with the ITF. How did it feel getting your master? <laughs> well, thanks. Uh, appreciate that. You know, for me, the rank has never been a, um, hasn't been really that important. Um, I'm honored that uh, people uh, think that uh, I deserve it. So that, I mean, that's great. But um, I'm actually kind of surprised. I never thought I would be at this rank. Uh, I remember being a color belt. And at the time, Grandmaster Sabri was, um, I think, fifth degree black belt. I remember thinking, you know, I'd be lucky to be a fifth degree black belt, but probably not. As a matter of fact, I almost didn't actually get past... um, First cup. I uh, was going to college at the time. I was down about in UC Santa Barbara, 
about 400 miles away from my family. And when I graduated, I went back home. There was no ITF Taekwondo up there. So actually was, wasn't doing much training at the time. And um, Master Sabri called me up and says, oh, Gordon, come down and um, do your test. I said, sir, I, you know, I haven't trained in a while, probably about six <laughs> months. And he says, that's okay, you'll be fine. <laughs> and I said, uh, all right, all right, all right, all right, I'll do it. And so I went, I did not, my test. It was an awful test, really. But um, somehow they uh, passed me. It was, actually, when I go back and look at that test, uh, there was quite an amazing uh, test board on there. There was like five different masters from around the country that had come out for that test. Grandmaster, um, Chuck Seraph was the head um, test. Yes. You know who he is? Yes, I do indeed. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Master Park Sung Juk, I think. Suk, I think, up in um, the Northeast. I'm not sure if he's even actually doing Taekwondo anymore. Obviously, Master Sabri was there. Master Lou Grasso from Nevada. I don't know if you've heard of him. No, I haven't heard of him, sir. The Amer- American uh, Master. And then, anyway, there was a, a couple other guys that was on the test board. So, yeah, I almost, not, I almost didn't actually become a black belt um, if it wasn't for Master Sabri to kind of convince me to come on out. I give you that wee push forward. I'm sorry? It gives you that wee push to get to your, your first degree <laughs> black belt. Yeah. Forward again. Yeah, you know. Uh, but anyway, so I w- as I was saying, uh, how do I feel about it? I don't. I never really... Th- thought much about the ranks as much i just like doing martial art just happened to get to be the level i'm at uh, <clears throat> master wheatley was the one that encouraged me to be um to test for um eighth dan that was a few years ago with uh some of the other masters uh, in america master terence gagan master uh, terry batch let's see i'm trying to think of master joseph sesco mm-hmm was um on the test board. Um, uh, not tested. We we tested together, um, for eighth degree in in America. That's very good. And taekwondo is a big part of your life, as oh. I can see. Oh yeah. In the war countries and um and teaching different levels of students and children. Yeah, you know, I've all, I've been doing taekwondo for a long time, and um, I just do taekwondo now. I don't do uh, anything else before. Prior to that, at my um business career was sales and management. But around 19, let's see, I think about 1993, I decided I wanted to open up a studio. And the reason why I opened up a studio was I felt like I needed to give back to Taekwondo. I, At the time, I was teaching every day, basically Monday through Sunday, but it was out of a, like a YMCA. Yes, and yes. I remember people would come into California and says, hey, what time... Uh, is your class, and I would say, well, I only have one class on such and such a day, and it's um, at this time, and it's it was too far away for most people. And I just thought, well, you know, if I had my own studio, I mean, how hard could it be? <laughs> if I just had my own commercial school, they could come anytime they want, and they could, you know, just hang out if they want. And so I started uh, my, my uh, full-time studio about 1993. And that's uh, very good. And so now I kind of, I just, that's all I do. I just do Taekwondo. We go to tournaments, we go to seminars, you know, I put stuff on. Yeah, that's kind of uh, the daily grind, I guess. 
yeah. Well, it's, it's a passion and helps the life push forward for you, especially with Taekwondo. Same myself, I'm a full-time Taekwondo instructor now, and it's probably the best thing I've ever done. Yes, Because you something you enjoy every day. Absolutely. I mean, I, if I, I tell people, you know, if I had a chance to, to do this over, I would say uh, I wish I had started Taekwondo um, the way I do it now earlier when I was younger. Because I was, um, when I opened uh, my full-time studio, I was about 33 years old. And if I had someone that could have mentored me or, you know, encouraged me a little bit more um, when I was younger, I think I would have done that. Yes, I understand totally. Sometimes the wrong path comes across you and you find a better path later on in life. Yeah. The study like one of the different masters or instructors you meet along the way. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Ray, did you say you were again, sir? I forgot. Uh, fourth degree, sir. Fourth, fourth degree. degree. Great. That's awesome. Hopefully go for my fifth degree now in February. All going well. Oh, that's cool. Would uh, Master Wheatley be going out that way? Yeah, I think it's Master Nichols is going to be hopefully grading me. Oh, okay. Cool. Very good. It'll be a tough grading. <laughs> <laughs> He's awesome. I um, The last time I saw him was at an IIC in Denver, Colorado. Colorado. Yes, yes. That was back before the, that was before the summer, wasn't it? Was yes, correct? it was. That's correct. That was correct. And we mentioned there we were part of the CMITF Taekwondo group, uh, President Chia Chung Wah. Right. We're very lucky, very lucky to be part of such a great group. Yeah. A great president to lead us, lead us forward. And I know, I know you've been in his presence a few times. What What do you find interesting from President Chia? What What brings the ITF light for from him to you? You know, uh, when I started with um, Grandmaster Sabri Soleil, he was ITF, and he trained with General Che. Master Sabri was actually a person that brought in General Che for, to do the 15-volume encyclopedia. And that's okay. actually the first time I had met General Che. I was a kind of a color belt, and um, I remember Sab- Master Sabri saying, uh, this is the founder of Taekwondo. Was, oh, yes, sir. And just um, didn't really understand the moment, the history of of what was going on. So that was the first time I got to meet him. I've always been with the ITF for a very long time. I've met uh, President Che over the years before uh, General Che passed away. I met him at IIC, not to a personal level, just more like a a student, you know, and obviously President Che was um, assisting his dad and so he was more in the background where General Che was in, you know, the limelight at the time. Yes. But since his dad passed away and um, my path continued with the ITF, and that's with um, President Choi jung and um, got to meet him more personally as, a, as he as an instructor as well as me as being a student. I find him to be um, quite humble, you know. I find him in that way, very um, inspiring. Just very knowledgeable about Taekwondo. It's not just about technique, but what I find about what he had shared with me, just a little bit about what life is or the philosophy of uh, being a good person. That's what I find very interesting. His experience as well. Yeah, I find very interesting from himself. He treats everyone the exact same. If you're eighth degree master or first degree a second cup, a fourth cup, a two weeks in the Taekwondo, he treats everyone the exact same way and delivers his knowledge the same way to everyone, which is great, I think. Absolutely, yeah. 
he's just a general here. Yeah, I think he's just a generally nice guy, you know. Yeah, he's very he's very interesting. Like in, because he's been with his father since day one traveling the world, he has every story under the book. He has every move done tens of thousands of times. Like Bruce Lee says, I don't fear a man who knows ten thousand kicks. I fear a man who practiced that kick ten thousand times. I think President Che has practiced each technique ten thousand times over. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Just because of uh, obviously that that's got to be the case. He's uh, the son of uh, General Che. You know, I say this sometimes to my class. So I have two children, and both of them are fourth dance, and they're pretty good. And I tell my students, you know, I um don't really teach my students personally. They come to class. They don't get special treatment. However, what makes them a little bit different, um, uh, my, both of my kids are world champions. They've won gold medals at the world championships. And uh, what makes them different? And is it because I force them? Not necessarily. I mean, I do have to encourage them to do uh, taekwondo. But one of the things that they have advantage over my regular students is that Wherever I go, they had to go with me. We were going to a tournament. They were going to a tournament. They had to compete. They they didn't have a choice in that way. If I was going to a seminar, they were going to the seminar. They didn't have uh, really a choice but to do those things. And so maybe I didn't necessarily push them in, in different ways, but they had to do those kind of things. And so what does that do? That just gives them more experience, right? And yeah, so, so that might be the the X factor why my student my children might be a little bit better than my regular students. And I'm not saying my regular students are aren't good. There a lot of them are very good. What is that? Maybe that X X factor if you want to call it that, right? And yeah. so when you think about that and you think about President Che and General Che, I mean President Che was there probably all the time. You know, um if there was a meeting he was probably there yeah, at home. Guess what they're probably talking about? Taekwondo. You know, he's he's get, I would think he would have more insight about Taekwondo than anyone else. And I'm not saying that all of these all, all of the high masters, grandmasters are not knowledgeable. It's just that when you live with someone, you just get a little bit more information or that one percent. Yeah, whatever it is, you know, and so some insight or, you know, just a uh, different experience. You know, when uh, President Che, obviously he he went to North Korea with uh, General Che. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of grandmasters that went to North Korea as well and with uh, General Che. But when you're living it every day with him, you've got to have a little bit more of that X factors, I would think. Yeah, totally agree. And regarding the ATF, you've been in the ATF for a very long time. How much has the ATF changed over the last 20 years, 10 years, or even five years? Has it been improving each year? Because like everything else, like the iPhones improve every year, computers improve every year. Has the ATF moved forward enough, do you think? Or do you think we have a lot more to do to create it to be bigger, stronger, and more powerful organization? The ITF, uh, before General Che um, passed away, I think was... Uh, maybe a little bit stronger in that we were more unified in what we were doing, I think. He was able to standardize ITF around the world. Um, and yes. what I mean by that is that 
I think in around 1980s, most of the people or most of the country weren't on the same page because not everyone was actually teaching the way General Che was wanted Taekwondo to be taught. The reason why I say that is that you'll see a lot of um, master instructor, grandmaster instructors that might have known General Che, but they do Taekwondo different. And uh, it might look a little more karate stylish. Does that make yes. sense? It makes more sense, yes. So I think in, a, in the 1980s, General Che um, made an effort to travel around the world, and he taught a lot of the IIC. And I think that that helped make everyone understand his Taekwondo. And so we became more um, the same. Uh, as far as the way the techniques are performed. I think that since um, he passed away, that the interpretation of Taekwondo is um, changing a little bit. It's changing. And so I think we always see differences, but I think there's some a little bit different philosophy in the way things are being performed. That, and, and it's not really major differences. It's just some subtle differences. I think that when you look at competition and you go to one organization's um, tournament versus, let's say, a tournament um, that, like the ITF tournament in Argentina, reached the world championship last year, right? Might be a little bit different the way that it's performed. I had a question from Mr. Otto from um, Amsterdam. And he was uh, yes, asking yes. me a question about the, how do we perform move move? I've seen it this way and I've seen it this way. You know, I see it like um, it looks like more posing versus a uh, little bit more like power, right? So obviously there is some changes going on, different idea. And so we don't, I think we're going to have change because of the people that might be uh, teaching these seminars. Uh, before General Che passed away, who was teaching it? Well, it was General Che. So whatever he says, that's the way we're doing it. But today, today, if you have um, <clears throat> one one organization teaching Taekwondo this way, and then, then you have a different organization te teaching it this way, then obviously there's going to be some differences. I even probably teach Taekwondo different than the way President Che would like us to do it. I don't know. Yeah, it's one of them tricky situations because it, the world is so big and different languages and barriers. People take things a different way and mightn't be able to explain it correctly or not even correctly, the correct terminology of it. But it's, it's for us as instructors to try and go back to the encyclopedia, go back to the masters, go back to the instructors and discuss. And that's why the, the International Instructor course is quite a good course. It gets people together to discuss these things. Oh, absolutely. It's really important that people do that. No matter how many times you have been to an IIC, I've been to quite a few, and you just learn something, right? I yeah. I do meet a lot of black belts that would go, oh, yeah, I've, I've been to that, and, you know, I don't think I want to go again. I think you're, you're missing out, especially if you're an instructor. <clears throat> you might have misunderstood or didn't catch it the last time. And so if you haven't been to an IIC in a, recently, I highly recommend people to, to go and attend one. Yeah, I think the next IIC in, in, in Europe will be in Germany. Right. The 28th of February and the 1st of March with President Chia. That's right, yeah. 
we'll move away from Taekwondo for a wee bit. Just uh, we're nearly at the end. Just martial arts. Martial arts is very important, no matter what martial art a student does. Do you find martial arts the the high importance that every sort of school child should do? Every parent should test it out just for their own self defense, their own mental health, well being, and the knowledge of defending. Yeah, I think that's really important. I've um, always kind of felt that way. I don't think of, <clears throat> when it comes to self-defense, I don't think of it as uh, what style do you do. I think of it as um, you as an individual. What you learn and how you apply what you learn is going to make the difference between whether you defend yourself or you don't defend yourself. I don't think of one art as better than another. I think that's what you're asking about, right? It was more or less uh, not what art is better if everyone should try a martial art or do a martial art. Oh, absolutely. Own yeah. Benefit. <laughs> absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. I, you know, I have students that don't train with me and I, I understand I'm not, I'm not for everyone. Taekwondo might not be for everyone, but I think that everyone should do martial art. I think good people should do martial art. I don't think maybe bad people shouldn't do martial art. <laughs> Gives the bad person uh, just as much a, advantage as a good guy does right but i think they should and i especially i think that traditional martial art is a good martial art and what i mean by traditional is you know that learning respect and discipline and those kind of things i'm not saying that most martial arts are not like that but schools that do teach that as kind of that fundamental morality of an individual that sometimes i see some schools they don't necessarily emphasize that and that's okay you know sometimes it's more like just a fitness class or just a sport or something and that and that's fine too i think that what we're doing helps students helps people to be to build a more peaceful world and i think most martial art is really that way anyway i would say if it's let's say jujitsu i would say that that person probably is very respectful to other martial artists and they probably are interested in learning what they're doing. Probably most martial artists don't actually get into confrontation as much as maybe someone that is uh, just a thug. Yes, yeah, yes, I understand. I don't know, does that answer the, your question in that way? Yeah, no, that's perfect. No, that's perfect. It's in, in Ireland now, martial arts is getting so popular, and there's, there's a lot of range of martial arts you can do, but uh, I agree that's... We, if we do a traditional martial arts, it keeps the tenants, the courtesy, the integrity, and hopefully build a more peaceful world together. Right. So you said that in uh, Ireland, there's a martial art is becoming more popular. Is that what you said? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, martial arts is huge in Ireland. Uh, the national sport of Ireland is uh, Gaelic football, which is right. Irish football. Is that like but, uh, rugby or it's soccer? Like, it's between rugby and soccer put together. So there's goals and points and... Uh, the aspect of carrying the ball in your hand. But years ago, when I was growing up, there was only like one Taekwondo school or one martial arts school. It was either boxing or Taekwondo for a, maybe a 30, 40 mile radius. Right. And now in each, each wee small towns, there's three Taekwondo clubs, four boxing clubs, four kickboxing clubs, MMA clubs, kids fighting, judo clubs. It's, it's blowing up. I think the reason for this is because it's more accessible now on TV and YouTube, and the UFC is quite big over here with Conor McGregor. Right. It's uh, getting more popular every day. Right, right. Which is great. It's great to see for martial arts growing. That's an interesting uh, idea. Because martial arts, 
been has been popular. I mean, I think in the seventies when Bruce Lee was around, right? He inspired yeah. a lot of um people to do martial art, kung fu. I would probably say that at that time most of the schools that might have been doing like karate or something would change their name to kung fu. Why? Because that was the latest term, right? Uh, Bruce Lee was Bruce hot, Lee, yes. and our, our school's now kung fu, right? Um, and then in the what 1990s, Karate Kid that was an insurgence of um, people interested in karate, and obviously taekwondo be, uh, was part of the, of, um, the Olympics. <clears throat> so it's I think it's been very popular. Um, but what you had said about there seems to be more of an explosion, and I know like a lot of people would say mixed martial art is becoming really popular and what i find a lot of times is that a lot of schools they claim to say mixed martial art is kind of that same thing where in the 70s where karate schools would change their name to mixed martial art why because that was a hot terminology that's that's what people are kind of looking for right but they but then a lot of those schools would probably just taught what they were teaching they were they're teaching what they what their style was yes yes um uh, I mean, I find it interesting you say there's more today in Ireland. Uh, in America, I think we've always had a lot of martial arts schools. So I started my studio back in, again, 1993. And I remember we probably had, I'm, I'm thinking back then we probably had around 14 schools in my city, 14 commercial martial arts schools in my city. In 83. In, 80, in 93 is what it was. That's, that's crazy. And today... I would say there might be 20. So basically based about the same, maybe a little bit more, but basically about the same. What I did find over the years is that more martial arts schools did kind of pop up. And I think a lot of it had to be, had something to do with the economy in in California, in America in in general, I guess. I I just thought that... um, What's a great way to start a business, you know, that doesn't cost you a lot of money? It's mostly your time, surrendering your space. But I also saw a lot of schools close up as well. I kind of think that partly it has to do with um, it's a good way to start um, up someone's career, you know, if, if they lost a job. I mean, to be honest with you, the reason why I do Taekwondo full-time is because I was working at the same time as I had my studio. And... I got laid off. And so I decided, well, shoot, I've got this extra time. I'll just add a few more classes. And pretty soon I had so many classes I couldn't go look for another job. <laughs> That's how I did it. Full- That's how I, I I do Taekwondo full time. Obviously, the popularity of mixed martial art has some interest. I, I'm not sure if, uh, as far as my students are concerned, I'm not sure a lot of them really want to do that heavy training as far as like what you kind of see in UFC and I don't think that that's where most parents want to see their child at. Is your, is your no, school mostly no um, adults or children? Uh, probably 85% would be children. Okay. okay. So most of them do taekwondo then? Yeah, we, we do taekwondo only and because most of my uh, clubs are in the area of the, it's sort of the countryside where everyone plays the Gaelic football, the Irish football, right, and that sort of takes away some members sometimes because, because where we live, it's like a, a religion, it's a passion to play football for your local, your local parish, local team, right. So it's quite popular, but 
But with the martial arts, the, the parents are more aware now just before the, the awareness, the confidence builder, they get their children more confident in life. Right. They seem to come to us. And when they come, they do enjoy it and we do, we do keep them. They do stay and progress through the belts, which is great. Yeah, so that's there's definitely been some change in our society over the years. Like you were just saying that um, your football takes a lot of potential students from doing martial art, right? And that's yep. the same in, in America. Uh, we, I have a lot of students that are involved in soccer or lacrosse or, or football. And, and it seems to be all year round swimming. It's not like the way when I was growing up, uh, we had seasons, you know, um, during yes. the summer we would be swimming during the wintertime. We'd be playing basketball or whatever it is during springtime. It would be baseball or whatever, but now all of these sports have become year round. And so, for me, anyway, I should say, for me as doing Taekwondo, I have to deal with that because I lose a lot of students that would have to, or that are doing other martial, uh, doing other activities. And it's it is kind of interesting. Maybe martial art, as you were were saying, that um, has gotten popular is because parents are now putting their children into these activities. When I was growing up. I rarely got to do a lot of that organized sport. It just wasn't as much. It wasn't as available today as it is today. Today, you you've got a coach, um, organized teams. You've got uh, leagues. You've got competition every weekend, and that wasn't necessarily the case when I was growing up. I would say. No, so, it's definitely changed. So when we when I was a, a child, we would just go out and play. We didn't, it wasn't, no one told us what to do. He just says, okay, we understand the game. Let's go play the game. And, <laughs> and that's the way it was today. I don't, we, I don't see that as much. If um, someone's going to go play basketball, they're on a team. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's a, there's just four teams or five teams of, of the one team. They have the one first team. Right. But uh, as, as the, the, the podcast is called one hit podcast. Yes. We asked, we asked all our guests, what was the best one hit they've seen live or on TV? For example, the best knockout in boxing, the best spinning kick in taekwondo, the best wrestling takedown, the best golf swing or the best baseball, <laughs> the best one hit you have witnessed either live in person or on TV. Oh, you know. It's a tricky one. <laughs> yeah, it is a tricky one. There, I would definitely say that I've seen a lot of a lot of wow that's uh that was amazing right in all kinds of sports boxing yeah i mean you can yeah it i've seen some amazing one hits i would say but there there is probably one that i was quite impressed and this was a long long time ago the one that made a big impression on me i guess uh when i was maybe probably a second degree black belt i went to a u.s national championship and i'm kind of hard i think the student was his name was uh, jeff Hewling, but i'm not sure could be wrong i was watching the competition uh, it was a good fight he just he d jumped up and did a reverse turning kick and that was it i was like whoa that guy was knocked out you could tell he was knocked out right when he got hit it's not after he got he fell down you can just kind of see that right and that was uh a wow moment for me that's great. That's great. Uh, can you let our, let our listeners know where they can find yourself? I know you do your own podcast. Just 
Keep your wee podcast, we plug. Oh, thanks. Um, I have a couple podcasts actually. Um, you can go to my webpage, juicetkd.com. Uh, juice That's J U E S T K D.com. And it says podcaster. So I do a podcast for uh, something like this where it might be a little discussion on different ideas about martial art, maybe something about inspirational, what, um, why people do Taekwondo or how it's helped them. And then I do a, another podcast called Tool World where I have a discussion with my son and we talk about different techniques in Taekwondo, particularly so the patterns. Apple Podcasts. Apple the, Podcasts, yeah, yeah, Anchor and iTunes, right, Spotify, right. Well, the Tool World is on all of those devices because of um, Anchor. My Jews Taekwondo podcast is it's actually done through my webpage, so I'm not sure if other, um, what do you call it, podcast host picks it up or not, but that's where okay. I host that. Very good. No, and and listeners can ha- check that out. The podcast. I want to thank you for coming on today. Uh, very interesting and a lot of knowledge about Taekwondo and martial arts in general. It's been a pleasure to talk to you on this episode of the One Hit. Well, thank you, Mr. Pagan. I appreciate that. I hope it goes good. <laughs>